How you guys doing on this uh, very warm and nice sunny Friday? Is good? Yeah. A lot of people are uh, vacation today, right? Everybody's like, I don't know. This is this is this is interesting. Everyone's kind of like looking like, what's going on? <laughs> All right. Well. We got some. Int- we got an interesting topic tonight. You guys are gonna like it. We're gonna start something new. But before that, I'm gonna give an announcement. Um, in three weeks, so August 9th and 10th, we're gonna have a church camp on Zoya's property. So we're gonna have a church camp Friday, Saturday. So there will be no youth uh, that week, uh, but it's in the works, and you guys are the first to know. I double-checked with Pastor. I was like, is this okay to share? He's like, yeah, sure. I was like, yes, awesome. So you guys are the first to know in church that uh, we're going to have a church camp Friday the 8th, or is it 9th? 9th, Friday the 9th of August and 10th. So we're going to have a church camp. You guys could sleep over there, bring your tents. Yeah, you guys excited? Is that pretty cool? We haven't done that in, like, years. When was the last time we did that? It was, like, 2012, was that? Or 11, 2012? Yeah, it was 2012 or 11. It was, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, it's like seven years ago at least. But that was going to be fun. Uh, and so we're not going to have youth that Friday. But we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to start, uh, the th- we have three remaining Fridays until youth camp. Uh, man, youth camp is coming up quick. Wow, this is, time is flying. Whose summer break is like flying by? Everybody that works is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get a summer break. (laughs) Yeah, if you have a summer break, enjoy it while you have it. Do all the fun stuff that you can. Don't waste it, right? Don't just play video games all day. That's a total waste. Uh, Or Pinterest or whatever you do. Um, Spend it wisely, amen? Who's, who's done something cool this, this summer break? Who's got anything like, like kids camp? Okay, well, kids camp, that doesn't count. Like, who's doing something productive with their time during, during summer break? Wait, wait, hold on. Who's, who's, who's on summer break? Like, who's actually not? Okay, so, okay. Who's doing something productive? Just, just, what are you doing? Heather, what are you doing that, that's Work? Okay. Well, that, that's like, that's not summer break because every, everybody else is, you get to watch the game for free. What game are you talking about? Oh, that's right. You work at the baseball stadium. Okay. Everett Aqua Sox. Wow. <laughs> uh, baseball is a sport. Okay. It's technically a sport. <laughs> uh, just like bowling and darts. Amen. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys know uh, what we're talking So we're going to start a, se- a series about relationships. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about, you know, all that good stuff. All this stuff that's, um, can, can, I, can I get a show of hands? Who's, who's married? Just married people. Okay, so not very much. So the rest of you guys, it's, this is, it's still for everybody, but especially for those that are not married. Um, but so next week, t- today, I kind of want to lay a foundation. Uh, so everybody that's not here, they're going to miss it. Uh, will we, no, are we going to record it? Yeah, it's being recorded. Okay, so maybe we'll like put it up for whoever's going to miss it. But next week, we're going to talk, so tonight we're going to talk about just relationships. We're going to go over, just kind of lay, lay the foundation for it. Next week, we're going to talk about qualities that you need for marriage. So qualities something that you need, you know, things in your character, um, qualities that you need to, to have a good marriage and to, to have a successful marriage. And then the week after that, we're going to do something really exciting. We haven't done it before. We're going to do like a live Q&A with, uh, with married couples. And it's going to be like a panel. And uh, so what we'll basically do is there will be a phone number that you guys, or a number that you guys could text. And you'll be able to text in your questions 
and it's going to be anonymous. So nobody's going to know it's you, and you'll be able to text in your question, and it will be read, and people are going to answer it live. All right, so we're going to do that in two weeks, not next week, but in two weeks. Uh, so we haven't done that before, so it's, we're, we're stepping out on a limb, so we'll see how that goes. So if you guys have any questions, write them down, right? So if you're taking notes, uh, which you should, especially for the next three weeks. If you're not married, you need to take notes. Uh, and, and so for taking notes, just write down questions that you have, and uh, we'll get them up, and we'll, we'll try to answer them, hopefully. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the next couple weeks, next three weeks. All right, so we're going to start. I want you guys to turn to Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 4. Uh, Song of Solomon chapter 8, verse 4, and or you turn or click or whatever, tap it to, to Song of Solomon 8.4. And let's, uh, before, we, before we start, let's pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would lead us. Lord, we thank you for, God, for who you are, for your presence, your word. Your word is truth, Lord, and we pray that tonight you would lead us. God, we pray that tonight you would speak to us concerning relationships, concerning your will for, for our life. God, we need your will because, Lord, if we don't have your will, if we don't have your word, then we are lost. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would direct us, that you would guide us, that you would give us your word in our hearts, Lord. Let us follow your commands and your, your, your leading, your promptings, everything that you give us. Lord, we open up our heart to you, and we ask that you would give us your word, Lord, your truth, because you said that if you love me, you will obey my truth, Lord, and we want to obey your commands. We want to listen to it, and we want to obey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So uh, it says in Song of Solomon 8.4, it says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Uh, in, and I like how it says it in the New Living Translation. It says, promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Not to awaken love until the time is right. So, you know, and, and I believe that there is a time. There is a time that God has for every single person. Every single person that has a calling to be married, of course, not every single person is called for marriage. There are some people that have the gift of singleness. But if you have a desire for marriage and God has put that in you, uh, there is a timing Right? There's a timing in God's kingdom and God's plans that God has for every single person. Here it says, don't awaken love until the time is right. Until the time is right. There is a right time and there's a wrong time. Right? If, he says the time, if it says here the time is right, that means that implies that there's also a wrong time. And I believe that, of course, follow, choosing to follow Christ is the single most important decision that you can make in your life. There's no decision that's more important. Right? If you don't follow Christ... You don't got nothing, right? If you have to just make that decision to follow Christ. But after that, there's also the decision that everybody needs to make is who are they going to be married to for the rest of their life. And that's the second most important decision. And if you don't have Christ, you got nothing, right? But you could have Christ, and if you marry the wrong person, you're going to be miserable. You'll be, you'll be a Christian, but you'll be miserable. And and I believe that this is, this is a very important topic for us. It's a very important topic that we need to think about. We need to, we need to talk about it, and we need to know what is right, what is God leading us. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of cover the topic of dating. Uh, what is dating? Because I want to define my terms before, you know, when I, when I use it. And dating is, this is just a definition of dating that, that I found. It says dating means you're going on dates. You're actively getting out there, meeting people, and spending time with them. Dating someone means you're seeing somebody specific with a purpose and on a regular basis. You're spending time with a person or persons in, hope, in hopes of finding a committed relationship. So this idea of dating, it wasn't really around. I mean, it's not really mentioned in the Bible. We don't see it in the Bible. There's single and married people, right? There's also people that are uh, fiancés or whatever. They're, they're engaged. We see that as well. But uh, so I guess there's three different conditions, but the Bible doesn't really talk about dating, so there's not like, there's, there's a verse on it, but I want to just cover where does dating come from, because it's relatively new to, uh, to, American, to America or just to society in general, 
it didn't start until the turn of the 20th century. And it started with what's called the gentleman caller. Gentleman caller is, it would be a young man would go to the house of a young woman. And he would talk to her parents and he would say, you know, I'm interested in your daughter. And so they would invite him over. They would, it, would be, it would be basically an interview. They would talk to him. They would say, you know, where are you from? How are you doing? Uh, what's, what, you know, what's your family? What's your family like? Uh, you just, they'd kind of interview him in hopes of being invited back. And he's in, if he's invited back, that's a good sign. That means they like him. Uh, because previously to that, it was really the parents would make the decision, right? It was the parents would, would choose, they would, you know, have their kids for the most part, not in every situation, but for the most part, parents would find uh, their child someone else, and they'd be like, okay, we're going to, you know, they'd look at the parents, they'd look at how rich they are, how well they are, uh, you know, how, how well this child is raised, they'd look at certain qualities, and they, they would, you know, make a decision, should we allow our child to marry this, you know, this this girl or, you know, allow the girl to marry the guy. Uh, and it was really parents would have a majority, you know, they, they would have the say. Uh, today it's completely not like that. But I will say what's interesting is when it was like that, when the parents would choose, we had far less divorces. It's kind of ironic because people are like, well, you know, that's way old school. I would agree, but less divorces. I don't know which, which one is better. But anyways, in the 1920s, the whole thing of the gentleman caller became outdated, and it's kind of it, it was it kind of was it was old, and so couples started going out on dates. It was the first time in the 1920s, so about a hundred years ago. So that's not that long ago when you take the history of all of of the world, um, and this changed everything completely. Now it was the couple was. They were separated. Uh, they could do, it was much more personal, much less restrictions. So it's kind of, it started to become what we modernly know today as dating. Uh, and, and this completely, uh, it, was, it was revolutionary. Never happened before. And so the idea of courting, courting is when you court somebody, that means you're, you're, you have a committed relationship and you're, you're, you're getting married and you're courting them, right? It means you're spending time, but you're already committed for marriage. That was left in the dust, and now this idea of dating, where it became more of a recreational sport. Okay, not a recreational sport, but more of a, more of a recreation. It became a hobby. It was what people would do for fun. You're not actually uh, going towards marriage. You're just kind of enjoying the time. And that's where, you know, falling in love and, and all this, you know, stuff about love, that's when it started coming out. Songs and movies and poetry and, and essays and articles and speeches, it was all about love, right? We, we kind of see that today. Everything is about love. It's about, uh, you know, how this girl loves this guy and she's singing a song to him or whatever. You know, it's, it, everything's about love or, you know, I would probably put love in, in you know, kind of, it's not really love. It's more like lust or hormones, I don't know, what, 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 whatever you want to call it, but uh, that's what people call today love, whatever that means. Uh, in the 1950s, is, this is where it takes a turn, and, and people started saying uh, there's a term called going steady. And going steady means that you're, you're with someone, you're, you're, you're together, you're committed, but you're just kind of coasting you're, you don't have a purpose but you're you're together and they would give gifts to like not gifts but they would give like a jacket to each other they would like give a ring to each other and they're they're together right everybody knows they're together and so it became part of the culture where the culture is now everyone is kind of has a relationship and it became popular to have a, to be in a relationship with somebody uh, and not only that in the 1950s is where the topic of sex actually started to come out into public conversation. Where before it was completely taboo, it was completely a disgrace. If somebody were to find out that someone had sexual relations before they were married, it was like, whoa, what, like, what happened? This is horrible. Family name would be tarnished. It would be tainted. People would be like, oh, that's the family where the girl got pregnant and, and you know, they would talk about them. And it was, it was really bad. In the 1950s, this started to become normal. It actually was like, well, it's not that bad. And they, so people started having public uh, discussions about it, which was totally revolutionary. And the 1960s is where it gets really bad. Can, can, Christine, can you put, that, put up that picture that I sent you of the, of the, uh, the hippies? So in the 1960s, we have this, the hippie movement, right? You guys know what it is. In the hippie movement, 
it was really bad. Because the hippie movement is where you have drugs, rock and roll, you have the whole rebellion against government. Young people started to do whatever they wanted, and they started to, in, as far as their sexual life, it became no rules, no boundaries. People did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, whoever they wanted to do it with. It became just normal. It became normal. And the 1960s is where we see uh, just a degradation or degradation, I don't know how to say, degradation in our society. It began, started to degrade, anyways. Uh, it started to get bad. And, and this is where families started to fall apart. So, you know, today, dating, very normal. Uh, sex before marriage, normal. This is, you know, it's actually weird if you get married as a virgin. Like, if you talk to people at work or school, they say, what, you're getting married as a virgin? Like, that's, that's you're, like, what's wrong with you? They look at you like from, you're from another planet. Uh, and that, that's what our culture, our society says that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to date around. You're supposed to sleep around, right? You're supposed to try it. Like they say, try it before you buy it, right? You're supposed to, you're supposed to experiment. That's normal. And that's actually, that's people encourage that. That's encouraged in today's society. And you know what? Honestly, I don't care what society says. I don't care what people say it's normal. This is normal. It's normal to date around. It's normal. That's, of course you have to do it. And you know what? I don't think we need to live by what society says is normal. Amen? I don't think we need to live by what society is telling us is good. And there's like, you know, in the 1930s, if you were to live in Germany, you would, you would think that all Jews are the scum of the earth and we have to get rid of them. Right? Like that's what society would tell you. So it doesn't matter what culture is doing. Just because culture is telling you something is normal does not mean it's normal. Just because culture is saying this is okay does not mean it's okay, right? And we need to live based on the word of God. We don't live by the world. We live by the word. So the question is, is it, is it working, right? So is, is, is this whole thing, has it been working? Has it worked? Has it produced good families? Has it produced, has, has it worked? And, and you know, I, I love when things, when things make sense and things are logical. And I'm like, you know what? We need to do that, right? Because, uh, you know, sometimes we get stuck with like, oh, well, we've done it like this for so long. But what if something else makes sense? You know, I, I, I always have this opinion, okay, if, if this works, then I'm going to do it, right? So let's logically look at it. Does this work? Does, does this whole thing with dating, does it, does it work? Um, I want to show you some statistics on divorce. So in 1956, 1956, 300,000 children watch their parents divorce, right? So that's a lot. But by 1996, nearly 23 million children did not live with their biological fathers. So it went from 300,000 in 1956 to 23 million. Now that's a horrible number. And uh, look, let's look at the next, next statistic. 1969, California and this probably has to do something, of course it's California, but probably has to do something with the whole hippie movement and, and, and everything that was going on. 1969, California introduced the first no-fault divorce law. In the next five years, so by 1974, 45 states joined them. By 1985, all 50 states established that law. No-fault divorce says that the marriage can be severed at the whim of one partner and it's nobody's fault. So this is really, really bad. This started to really just destroy families. And the, the last one, adult children from divorced homes divorce at a rate four times higher than kids from homes without divorce. Now, it's, it's interesting how so many people today make a big deal about, um, you know, homosexuality, uh, being taught in schools and the whole transgender, you know, you know, identity confusion and all. And you know what? That all has its place. But it's, it, I, to me, it seems very ironic how we make such a big deal about that, but so little is mentioned about divorce. And if you really think about it, if you really look at it in the church today, what is destroying families? Divorce. 
It's not, you know, some, some teacher talking about, home, you know, some, some homosexual things. Yeah, that's bad. That's also bad. But what's far worse is divorce, how divorce is normal. And today in the church, it's, you know, some people say 50%. It's probably not 50. I, I think I looked at another statistic. It said 30. That probably seems more realistic, about 30%, which is way too much, way too much. And you know what? I'm, I don't want to, you know, spend too much time talking about it, but I will say that, you know, divorce, it's, it's, it's such an evil thing. And um, there's just, you know, if you look at how it affects the church, and, you know, the church says, well, there's, there's, Jesus gave an excuse for divorce, and so people are divorcing. I don't believe Jesus gave an excuse for divorce. And there's a verse that people use where he says that, you know, in the case of adultery, uh, you know, if I had time, I would, I would honestly take apart that verse, and I would, show, I would show that that's actually not what Jesus meant, that he meant something completely different. And there are, that is not a valid excuse for divorce. There's only one that the Bible says, and it's when the other partner decides to leave, and they're, they're an unbeliever, and they don't want to live with you. That, honestly, is the only biblical excuse for divorce. But I don't want to go on a rant here, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to take too much time with this, but I want to say that, that it is an evil, and it has destroyed many families. It's destroyed, you know, it's destroying our culture, kids growing up without parents, without both parents, uh, and it's really, it's really a mess, uh, and it's it's destroying just the 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 foundation of of a, of this country. What else do we see? Uh, I want to look at a statistic about youth in America. Uh, if you could put that up, uh, it says according to the National Association of, of Evangelicals. I already read this this statistic before, but I think it's worth reading again. Eighty percent of unmarried evangelical Christians between ages 18 to 29, admit to have having had premarital sex, a shocking figure. 80%, that's four out of five. Can you imagine youth conference, four out of five kids say, yeah, I've had, well, from 18 to 29, I've had sexual relations. Four out of five. That's not too far behind the world. The world is about 90%. The church is about 80%. That's a, that's a little bit ridiculous, if you ask me. And people say, wow, like, how come? How is it? You know, I don't think we should be surprised. When, when dating is normalized, when it's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Just don't have sex. But, you know, there's nothing wrong. Go ahead, you know, date. Go, you know, go ahead, do it. What else do you expect to happen? Like, what else is going to happen? What, like, what do you expect? Is it, is it like Christians are immune from, from falling into temptations when they're left alone. Like, you know, kids start dating at 16 and they're holding hands, they're kissing and everything, and then you expect them to, to not go further than that. It's, 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 um, it's unrealistic. You know, it's, it, a rubber band will snap when a certain amount of pressure is applied, right? Whether it's a secular rubber band or it's a Christian rubber band, it's going to snap. And, and, you know, that's what happens when you have people that are putting themselves into wrong positions, wrong situations, that's what's going to happen. And, and that's, and I don't know, to me, it really looks like it's leading this country, this youth, this whole freedom in dating, free, you know, just date around, have fun, do it for fun. You're not committed. You don't, you don't have any, um, any goals. You're just doing it for fun. It, it really is leading to the destruction of families. Uh, so I want to be very specific in when I say dating, what, what kind of term I mean. But we're going to, let's look back into that verse, Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 4. Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. So there is a right time. There is a right time for every single person. There's a right time that we need to, you know, God has a time. The Bible says there's a time for everything under the sun. And today, this culture, it says enjoy Whatever you can, right? Enjoy it now. You know, we want, our, we want to have fun. We want to have fun now. We want our slice of cake, and we want it now, right? I want my package from Amazon, and I want it now, today. Same day delivery, right? I want my, bur my um, burger from McDonald's, and I want it now. I want it in the drive-thru, quick, right? We're... Like Vasya said a couple, weeks, uh, a couple months ago, we're a fast food generation. We love things now, instant gratification. And the problem is today, 
this society is teaching us that we need instant gratification, right? Instant. You want to enjoy the, 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 the good part of marriage without a commitment, without a relationship? That's fine. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the benefits of marriage. And that's, it's, it's just instant gratification that, that, is, um, that is just destroying the idea of what a relationship, what a true commitment is. Uh, and you know what? In the Bible, it says Proverbs 16.25. This will be our, our last verse and we'll, we'll be done. Proverbs 16.25. There is a way that seems right to man, to a man, but its end is the way of death. So there is a way that seems right for us, right? There is a way that we think, well, I want to do it this way or I want to do it that way. But the Bible says it seems right, but the end is death. And, you know, God leads us, and we need to wait on God's timing. We need to wait on God to lead us. And I remember when I was, I was younger, I was like 16, and I, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get married by 21. I'm going to have three kids by 25. I really want to be like Noah. That was, that was my goal is to, you know, I really want to be like Noah. And, and, I, and I thought, man, you know, that, that's, that's my plan. And then that didn't happen. I was like, well, I'll probably get married at like 23 or 24. And that came. And God wasn't opening up any doors. And, and you know what? People, are gonna, people started talking. And they're like, well, Dennis, you got to get married. You're, you're 24. You're 25 years old. What's wrong with you? And, and, you know, my parents were like, hey, Dennis, it's time. What are you doing? Right? My dad would say, Dennis, Jacob went and he took his wife. You got you to gotta go do the same. Uh, <laughs> you know, one time my parents tried to hook me up with somebody. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. That was a, that was a forgettable story. But, uh, and you know what? People had all sorts of opinions, and people thought, well, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. But I knew that it wasn't my time. And God's time for me was 26 years old. That was God's time. That's when, I'm, that's when I was supposed to get married. That was his timing and his plan. And you know what? Like it or not, I had to deal with it. And I had one or two options. Either I say, well, God, I don't like your choice. I'm going to follow my choice. I'm going to follow my path. Or I had to say, God, I'm going to yield. I'm going to submit to your plan. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right, but its end is death. And for me, my way seemed right. I wanted to do it, but I realized this is not God's plan. And so, you know, we need to understand that God has a plan for us. God has a timing for us. And his timing is perfect. His timing is not dependent on, on our timing, what we think, what we like. God doesn't care. God says, here's my plan. And if you want to follow it, go for it. You want my blessing? Go for it. If you want to be blessed, you want to have a great marriage, follow my plan. Follow my path. So we have, we have one or two options. Either we follow God's path, right, or we choose our own. It's up to us. Every single person has a choice, right? And, and for me, I, I remember I had to specifically choose. And I didn't, I, I had to say, you know what, mom, dad, I love you. But you know what, this isn't God's plan. I have to follow God's plan. And you know, it, beca- it begins, it, there's times when it's very tough, when it's very difficult. But this is, this is the question. What do we want? Do we want our way or do we want God's way? And God's way is different for every person. But I want to say that your time will come. There is a time. And it's better to be married at 35 on God's time than it is to be married at 25 on your time. Right? It's better to be married when God decides for you to get married. When, it's, when, he, puts it, when he puts it into your life. That's, the, that's where the blessing comes. That's when there's actual, you know, that's where you see just a blessing from God. And, and marriage is not only about who you marry so much. It's also about when you marry, right? So it's not just about who, it's about when. When are you going to get married? And it might be the right person, but if it's the wrong time, it's the wrong thing. And it's not God's blessing. It, see, God has a timing for us. Right? There's a time. Like Lazarus, he was dead in the, in the grave and Jesus said, well, you know, he's, he got up and he could have went earlier, but he went later. And he, was, he waited until Lazarus was four days in the tomb. That was his timing. God has timing and we might not agree with his timing, right? We might not like it. 
We might not approve it, but guess what? It, that's where the blessing is. That's where God's blessing is because he's going to bless when we are obedient to his word. And the best thing that we can do is to wait, right? That's the best thing you can do to all the single people. I'm going to say, just my advice, best thing to do, wait. Wait. Amen? Now I, got, I got to hear more amens, okay? I'm, I'm saying some good stuff. You guys got to like... You guys got to let me know or else you guys are giving me blank stares like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I need to know that I'm, 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 I'm making sense. Okay. Best thing you can do is wait. All right. The, the word, you know, that's the best thing you can do is to wait and to allow God to work it out in his timing. That is, that is the best thing that you can do. You know, um, when people try to, to force it or people try to make it happen, Right? And, and girls, girls do this a lot. And they, and, and I'm going to pick on the girls a little bit. Uh, so all the guys can be like, ha. Right? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, girls, you have this ability to attract. Right? Girls have the ability to attract. And some girls, they use this ability to attract spe- specifically with their body, specifically with you know, the clothing that they wear, either tight clothing or short clothing or showing a lot of skin. Girls have this ability to attract. And they have this ability, they have this power. And you know what? It, it does attract guys because when a guy is not sanctified, if he's not holy, he's going to go for that, right? And girls, you have that kind of power. You have that kind of ability. And I want to say this. I want to give just a warning for the girls. Never use this as, as a tool, Right? Never use this as a, as, as a way to attract somebody. Why? You're going to attract the wrong person. You're going to attract the wrong kind of person. Because if you think that you can attract somebody by, by the flesh, basically, right? By, your, by, by just showing yourself and having some guy fall in love with you based on your, your body, that is the worst thing you can do because then, guess what? You think he's going to be done on you? No, he's going to move on to the next model, right? He's going, to, he's going to find a newer model, and he's going to move on. Because when you attract somebody like that, you're, you're basically using the flesh. It's all in the flesh. It's all, it's all attractive. It's all uh, based on the sinful desires that are in that man. And guys, if a guy is not sanctified, if a guy is not filled with the Spirit, he's perverted, all right? There is no question about it. Guys are perverted unless they've been sanctified by the Holy Spirit, right? Can I get an amen from the guys? Amen. You see, guys are not sanctified until, they are, until they've been, you know, brought through the Spirit, through the Word of God, where God does a work in them, and that's when purity comes in. And so, girls, if you want to attract a godly man, you cannot do it by the flesh, you can't do it by, by you wearing certain clothing, wearing tight clothing. Because if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, you, you reap what you sow. Like Vasya said earlier, you reap what you sow. If you, if you sow into the flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh. If you sow this kind of, you know, flirting and, and, and being provocative, or not provocative, being uh, promiscuous, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you, uh, basically, you're, that's how your relationship is, relationship is being started in the flesh. God's blessing is not on that. You know, and I was, ha- you know, one of the things that attracted me to Albina was the fact that she was, that she was pure. And she did not uh, expose herself. She did not wear clothing that was uh, inappropriate. She was very modest in her, in her dress. She was very modest in what she wore. And, and, and you know what? That is, that is beauty right there and the bible actually says you know girls let your beauty be within it's an inner beauty it's an inner uh it's an inner beauty that all women should have it's not you know don't don't attract guys by your outer beauty yeah you should look good i'm not saying that girls don't need to wear makeup and stuff no you need to look good but what i'm saying is that if that's how you think you're going to attract somebody you're you're in you're in deep trouble you're in, you're in serious trouble. Uh, and you know what, guys? We need to be, you know, and, and honestly, if you want a godly marriage, if you want a godly husband, no godly man in his right mind is going to go for that. 
If he's got a lick of sense, he will never touch you with a 10-foot pole, right? You're just going to attract, <laughs> you're just going to attract uh, just perverted people, perverted guys. And so, I'll, I'll, you know what? This is a strong word. It, it is, it, it's, a, it's a strong word. It's a serious word. But this is what happens. There's women in the church. And you know what? We've seen it many times. Women who, who attract guys like this. They're in the church. They think the guy is great. They get married. All of a sudden, they realize he's a monster. He's, he's abusive. He's this, he's that. And they're like, what did I just do? I just ruined my life. Now it's for life. Now it's, this thing is for life. And, and you're living with this person for the rest of your life. You know what? And, and, and women, they come back with tears. They come back crying. They come back miserable. And they're like, why did you let me marry him? And people would say stuff. But, you know, when you're going through the whole thing, it, it's, not, it's not like, you know, you're, you're seeing things logically. You're actually blinded by, by, you know, oh, he looks good or he looks good with those jeans, right? Like, oh, he, he, he's fine. And, so, and, and girls look past that completely. They don't listen to sound, you know, judgment. They don't listen to counsels. They don't listen to what their leaders are saying. They just, they go for it, right? And, and and they're going to pay for it. So, you know, I want to make, you know, it's, it's, it is a strong warning, but there's a reason for it because there's been so many uh, cases where women have come back with tears and their life is ruined. And so, you know, I want to make, you know, I want to say it very strongly. Make a decision. Say, you know what? I want my future husband to marry me, not because of my body, but because of, because of who I am, right? My personality. That's how we should like if you, if somebody gets married to you because of because of how good how good you how good you look, he's gonna have to you know you're gonna have to keep that up. And once he finds somebody else, guess what, you're you're done, right? So girls, when you uh, when you decide to attract guys like that, you're just putting a big big red X on you, right? And every guy that's that's like that, he's gonna see you are game. You are, you are someone that they can play with, they, could, they can mess up, and they're going to leave you, they're going to spit you out, and they'll go on to the next one. That's really reality, you know, and, and it sounds strong, but you know what, that's, that's true, that's what happens. Uh, so I want to I be very careful to, to say that, that warning. And the worst thing you can do, right, if you're, if you're waiting, right, you're waiting, you're not married, the worst thing you can do is be in, do stuff in secret. You know, be secretive. Be sneaky. Have a relationship that you know isn't right and you don't tell anybody and you're like, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about this because people won't understand. Or, you know, if you think that you need to hide a relationship, that's not a good sign, right? If you think that you need to hide it, like, you don't, like nobody needs to know about it because people might say, people might judge you. People don't understand you. That's a bad sign. That's a sign right there that is not from God. You don't want to start a marriage where your, you know, how the way you started it was in secret. That's, that's not a good sign. That is not from God uh, because what is from God is going to be celebrated by everybody, right? When, I, when, I, uh, when God put Albina on my heart, I knew it was from God. I talked to my dad. I talked to uh, Dima. I talked to Pastor I even talked to her mom, you know, to Alvina's mom. And I'm like, you know, is, does this work? Is this fine? And all said yes. So I was like, okay, this is from God. I knew it was from God. I didn't keep it, in, I, I didn't keep it a secret, right? That Sunday we were announced. And, and that's, that's how we know it's from God is when everybody celebrates it and everybody's happy. If we keep things in secret, that is not a good sign because in, in where, where we keep stuff in secret, that's where evil is, right? That's where there's... Um, you know, in the dark, secret places, that's where you have the, you know, I heard a, I heard a phrase, uh, late nights, wait, hold on, how did it go? Uh, dark places, late nights, and strange friends. That's where bad stuff happens, right? Strange friends, dark, uh, dark places, dark rooms, late nights, that's where bad stuff happens. But we got to keep things in the light, right? We got to keep, keep things in the light. Uh, and you know, and, and, and you know, at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do. People are going to do whatever they want to do, no matter how much we warn, no matter how much we say, you know, don't do it, it's not right. 
people are going to do whatever they want to do. And you know, I think, here, I think here's a reason why. There's this idea of us against the world. It's, it's us, you know, guy and a girl. Nobody understands us. Nobody gets us. We're special. We have something special. We are, you know, we're like this, and, and, and nobody gets us. Nobody gets our unity. Nobody gets the love that's among us. It's not really love. It's lust. It's hormones. They're attracted physically, and they're like, oh, this is love, and, and nobody understands us, and, 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 and it's this us against the world mentality, and it's this romanticized thing that's all in movies. It's in, it's in everything. And you know what? It's, it's a bunch of garbage. It, it is a bunch of garbage. And it's never, it's never going to get you anywhere. But you know what? People have a decision that they're going to make. Uh, and people choose their own way. I made, a, I made up in my mind, I'm going to choose God's way. I don't care. I don't care who does what. Uh, and you know what? Praise God for that because that's where God's blessing is. And, and you know what? Let's look at the track record of people that came before us that have successful marriages. Ask them how they did it. Where you see somebody who's had a successful marriage for 40 years and ask them, what did you do? Like, what did you do that made it so successful? Like, you know, I look at my parents, they were happy in their marriage. I look at Dimanala, they were happy. I look at Pastor, Pastor and Tanya, they are happy. And I'm like, you know, and I, I made a decision. I'm going to do whatever they're doing. Whatever they did, that's what I'm going to do because that's where, that's where God's blessing is. Um, and, you know, I want to I address one of the myths that we have, one of the myths that we have in, 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 in the church. Some people say, you know what, our church doesn't want people to get married. Our church doesn't want people to date, and they don't want people to get married, uh, although we, get, we have people getting married somehow, but, you know, church is against that. And I want to say that this church is definitely not. We want holy, godly, successful marriages. That's what we're striving for. That's what we want to see. That's actually a really good sign. That's what we, are, that's what we want, right? That's what, that's what everybody wants to see. Uh, and, and, you know, some people say, but if young people, if they can't be together, if they can't go on dates, if they can't, you know, go separate and, and just have fun and just date around, how are they going to know? Like, how are they going to know people? And you know what's funny? As I tell people at work, when, when, when I got engaged, when I got married, people were asking me, like, oh, how did you guys meet? How did you guys, you know, how long did you guys date for? And, if I, and when I tell them, yeah, I proposed on my first date, they're like, like looking at you like you're from a different world. Like what, what planet did you fall from, right? Uh, and, and, and I was like, well, you know, to be honest, dating doesn't work. And, and, uh, and, and I, you know, I explained to them, you know, when people date, they put on a mask. And they, 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 they're su they play a role. They're not really who they are in the date. Uh, and, and we look at statistics, it backs, up, it backs that up. People don't have successful marriages because of dating. People have successful marriages because they follow God's will. And, and, um, and, you know, and, and when I tell them that you know, the best way, and this is how I got married, was you, you're, you're, in a, you know, you're, you're in a crowd, you're in a group of people, and you see from the side, you observe how people are, how people act. And I said, you know, before we got, before, uh, before I even thought about her, as, uh, before I even thought about Albina as my wife, it was more of like a friendship relationship, right? It was more of a, just an open, uh, you know, sister in Christ relationship. It was pure. It wasn't romantic or anything. It was just, you know, she's a sister in Christ, and I treated her like a sister in Christ, and we would talk, and there was nothing weird about it. There was nothing strange about it, and I told him, that's the best way is when you can observe somebody from, somebody from the side, you know, perfect example, kids camp, right? And you could see how people are. You could see how people are in ministry. You can see how people act. You can see what people do. What happens when they get flustered? What happens when, they, when they're, um, you know, when something bad happens? How do they act? You know, and you, you could see that, right? And that is the best, uh, that's the best environment where you could see, okay, this is someone I want to marry. And you, you could observe that. That's the best way to do it, honestly. And, and when I tell people that, they're like, huh, yeah, that actually makes sense. Like, nobody was like, no, that's still weird. Everyone was like, yeah, actually, that makes sense. It's still like, you know, 100 years ago, nobody does that anymore. But it makes total sense. I, I don't know about you. I'm a person who loves logic. If something makes sense, I go with it. I don't care what people do around me. Uh, and, and you know, this is how, pre, yeah, amen. Finally, I guess somebody, somebody is, uh, 
Somebody's on my side. Okay. Somebody's getting it. <laughs> no, Andre, Andre got it a long time ago. He got it before I did. <laughs> Amen. And, and yeah, we, you know, we see, so, we see a record uh, in, in our youth. We've seen a record of successful marriages, successful families. Yeah, it's young and, you know, you got to give us some time. But, man, it's, it's such a blessing to know that you're in God's will. And I want that. I, we want that for every single person. You know, we want that. That's, that's our desire, to do it right, to do it, you know, so that you are excited about marriage. Not that you come back with tears in your eyes and, and you're asking, why is my life like this? But that you have, uh, you know, an amazing marriage in your future. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's basically what, what I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, just kind of want to lay a foundation about it, about dating, about relationships, about marriage. Um, and where we stand on that. And you know what? I believe that in our, in our youth, we have a great culture. We have a great culture where we are, it's not weird. It's not like, you know, guys don't talk to girls. Girls don't talk to guys. It's an open relationship. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's how we need to act, right? Not like you have one person that you, that you secretly have a crush on and you're like, you know, nice to them and you're, you don't care about everybody else. We need, to be, we need to be like brothers and sisters in Christ, amen? And we need to treat each other like that. And when God puts some, some, somebody on your heart and it's the right time, you know, then we'll talk, right? But until, it, until then, you are a eunuch in the house of the Lord, amen? You, <laughs> you're set apart for God and... and uh, <laughs> Amen, right. <laughs> next week, next, next week, we're going to talk about qualities, qualities that, that, uh, that we need to have for marriage and for, um, you know, just a good, good qualities, things in our character that we need to work on. So we're going to cover that next week. So I'm really excited about that. But you know what? I want to finish off with this is that no matter what happened, you know, in your past, Jesus has mercy. He has mercy on us. And I believe that he wants to, to bless your life. If we, um, Tanya, if you, could, if you could play on the keyboard. I believe God has a time for every single one of us. God has a time. If, if he wants you, you know, if God's will is for you to be married, he has a time. And I just want to pray this prayer that all of us would set our heart on following God's timing. You know, waiting not to do something based on our, our own desires, but to humble ourselves. To say, God, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to yield myself to your plan, your will. It might not be my plan. It might not be what I want. But if it's the right thing, I'm going to do it. And I, I think we need to set our heart on that and make a firm decision. Say, God, I don't care what people do around me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow you. And God, and, and, and I love this quote I heard a long time ago and I applied it to myself. Someone said, when you run after God with all your heart, soon enough you'll look up and you'll see somebody running right next to you. There is a plan that God has and he's got somebody that he will send. But for now, those of you that are not ready, maybe some of you are ready, you know, and, and, and that's great. But for those of you that are not ready, there's, there's a time and we're gonna talk about what you know who is ready who is not but let's stand up right now and uh and you know if maybe if you had mistakes in the past or you had failings or you had you know something where something happened in your life and and you saw that it damaged you you saw that it 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 hurts you you know there is there is restoration and god wants to restore every single person to to completeness so that when you are married you're going to be complete. You're not going to be like an apple that's been bitten everywhere. You're going to be complete. You're going to be whole. And let's pray right now and ask, I don't know, maybe somebody needs to repent and to, and to turn to Christ and say, God, I don't want to follow my way. I want to follow your way. Lord, I don't want to follow my plan. I want to follow your plan for my life. Lord, it's not my will, but it's your will that, 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 sh- that needs to be done in my life. God, I lay down my will. I lay down my plan. I lay down my ambition. Lord, and I'm going to take up your cross. So, you know, some of you just need to lay down your will. Just need to lay down your plans, your ambitions and say, God, take it. Lord, I'm in your hands. God, and I pray that right now, Lord, that you would restore, God, that what was lost. Whatever 
God, maybe there's been mistakes in the past. Lord, I pray that you would restore. Lord, that you would bring back that whatever the devil stole, whatever the devil took, God, because you're a God of mercy. You're a God of compassion. And whatever the devil stole, Lord, we know that you can bring it back, that you can, you can restore it and make it whole and make it beautiful once again. Lord, and I pray that every person, every person in our youth, Lord, that we would be whole, God, that we would be fully devoted to you and that when you bring the right person into our life, God, it's going to be something beautiful. It's not going to be something that we conjure up in our own plans, but it's going to be something from heaven. It's going to be something that you bless us with. Lord, and I pray that you would that you would help every single one of us, God, to follow into you in your footsteps. God, help us to follow your path, Lord, to follow your will, to follow what you have for us, God following your following hard after you god we want to follow hard we want to follow hard after your plan jesus we want to follow hard after you lord because your plans are not our plans your will is not our will lord and and many times your will might not make sense to our natural mind but we know that that's where your blessing is that's where the blessing is that's where the blessing is god and we just want to come to you and surrender Maybe somebody tonight just needs to surrender to God. Maybe someone tonight needs to surrender to the plan, to the call of God on your life, to the call of God for what He desires for you. And just surrender right now. Just surrender your plans. Surrender your will. Surrender to the call of God. Surrender to, to the will of God. Surrender to Him who knows better than you, who, who is who is over everything just surrender to him right now God we praise you Lord tonight we we just want to yield ourselves Lord as vessels we want to be vessels before you God we want to give our Lord like you said in Romans 12 to give our bodies as a living sacrifice holy devoted to you Lord that is our that is our reasonable offering that's our reasonable service